Thanks for joining us at the High Touch High Tech Podcast. Here at the High Touch High Tech headquarters, there were definitely some cheers and shouts when the Perseverance Mars rover landed. Being the total space geeks that we are, this podcast episode is recorded live in Dinosaur Dan's Tesla. Join us as we talk about space exploration, Perseverance, Tesla, Star Trek, and the future. Everybody, welcome to our podcast. This is so exciting. Today is very special because we have, besides Narwhal Nina joining myself, Dinosaur Dan, we are joined today by Earthquake Ethan. Give it up for Earthquake. And he's joining us because he is uh, quite knowledgeable uh, in the realm of uh, mission to Mars, SpaceX, and Elon Musk. So uh, that being said, I found a very interesting um, quote from Elon Musk that I thought I would start today's session with. And that is, you want to wake up in the morning and think the future is going to be great. And what's and that's what being a spacefaring civilization is all about. It's all about believing in the future and thinking that the future will be better than the past. And I can't think of anything more exciting than going out there and being among the stars. And that's what Elon Musk had to say. And it's particularly interesting because yesterday the Earth's uh, probe from the U.S., uh, Percy or Perseverance, actually landed on Mars, which is so exciting. So with, with Elon Musk's quote in mind, as we are spacefaring civilization, let's, uh, let's start to talk about this. So, so uh, why do you think uh, we decided to go to Mars? I think we decided to go to Mars because we found water on the planet, which gives us a heightened idea that there is capable of being life on that planet, which is the reason why we put Perseverance to discover more of the capabilities and to find ancient life previously. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting that scientists feel like if there is proof, which we've discovered, of water, the presence of water long ago, of course, but the presence of water on Mars, that leads you to believe that there's oxygen and there could have been uh, some life forms on Mars. And and the lengths they're about to go to to find this stuff is mind-blowing. Like what that rover is going to do, I heard, okay, they have teams that work on the rover for years. Like it's their baby, they, they wed the project. And there was one team that was just dedicated to making the test tubes that are gonna pick up the samples. And what they made over years was the cleanest thing that has ever been made by humans. They wanted to make sure those test tubes had no chance of contamination whatsoever. And not only did this thing launch and land on Mars, they made the cleanest thing ever to pick up these samples that they're going to find. The dedication, the attention to detail on this thing is just, it's really moving. Like Dan, we were watching it yesterday in the office 
And when they touched down, I have to admit, I kind of teared up a little bit. It's like these people's baby. And it's doing this epic thing on Mars now. Right, right. And this, and it just brings us to this air place where, you know, human exploration, like on another planet, is just amazing that mm-hmm. this is that this is happening in our lifetime right now. And Mars, if you think about it, it's like kind of like, um, um, the like the story of um, Goldilocks. You know, Goldilocks uh, chose between you know the the porridge that was that wasn't too hot and it wasn't too cold. It was just right. And Mars, just like Earth, is considered like a Goldilocks planet, you know, just close enough to the sun to be warm, but not far enough away from the sun to be too <laughs> cold to support life. So um, uh, people in astronomy kind of think to themselves, well, it's a Goldilocks planet then. And Mars certainly shows evidence that it could have certainly been um, hab- habitable by, uh, by life. Right. I mean, talking about the future, can you imagine they're going to pick up those samples? They're going to launch them off of Mars in the first ever launch off of a planet that's not Earth. Right. Pick them up from another spacecraft and bring them back to Earth. And can you guys imagine, like, thinking about the future? If we find life on Mars, how is that going to change humanity's mindset? What is that going to do to us? Like, what what is that day going to be like? When we finally realize, like, life exists on other planets, right. it's going to shift our paradigm, like, so profoundly. That is going to start, like, a whole new future for humanity. Yeah, and, you know, people are going to want to live there, right? You think? There's definitely a population that will. I believe so. Yeah. And then what about, like, start selling real estate on Mars, right? Could be uh, inexpensive, I would think, maybe. The, the biggest beachfront property in the world, except there's no beach. Nope, there's no beach on Mars, but but the but the rover landed in a um, extinct lake. I understand. Yeah. It's it's a lake bed that they feel strongly used to have water in it, and it's about the size of Lake Tahoe, so it's a fairly significant area. So um, that's also very, very interesting. And also what's kind of interesting is um, the gravity on Mars is about, they said about 38, 40% that of Earth. So you'd be able to lift heavier things and run around on Mars. So, um, and, and the daylight is remarkably similar to Earth as well. And then the coolest thing about uh, Mars and Earth's kind of relationship is you know, they both have e- elliptical orbits around the sun. And every two years, Mars and Earth get the closest to each other possible. And that's why we have to wait like every two years in order to send uh, rockets uh, to Mars, because that's when we're the closest. Isn't that interesting? That is. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And then Mars has two moons, which is also very interesting. It's in, you know, they must have a full moon quite often. (laughs) So I got to ask, this is one of my, I don't know, kind of questions of sitting around getting to know people. If you guys had a chance to go to Mars, would you do it? Like with the technology as it stands today, going to take you several years. You know, let's say there's somewhere you could be inhabiting on Mars. Would you want to go? 
I would say yes cool. after they've tested it for, you know, a couple seasons to see, you know, are we able to grow plants on here? Are mm-hmm. there any long-term negative effects of living on Mars yeah. due to there being the less gravity and it being a little farther away from the sun so it is a little colder? Yeah. So I, I kind of would want to see them test it out a little bit first, but then I think I would be interested in doing that. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That sounds very, very brave. Yes. <laughs> I think I like I like Earth. I don't know if I could make it to Mars. Maybe on a vacation. I mean I hear Elon Musk is gonna start was was SpaceX also like a tourism thing? He's gonna send people to space as as tourists. Yeah, so Elon actually in two thousand one had this idea of doing interstellar travel using a rocket originally that he called the Interplanetary Transport System, which they actually later changed to what we know today as Starship. And they're planning on using that to go from Earth to Mars and potentially other planets from that. Oh, I didn't know that. So it kind of started out as like a space tourism thing. Yeah, so he actually one day had this idea that he wanted to figure out, you know, how can we put life in Mars? How can Mm -hmm. we test this? Mm -hmm. So his idea was to put a greenhouse a miniature greenhouse on Mars to kind of see, you know, are we capable of growing plants on Mars? And what's the answer to that question? So they're currently working on that. We're currently working on the Starship fleet, which they have been doing many tests. They've done already over nine tests on the Starship fleet so far. But they're estimating in about 2022, they're going to do two travels to Mars. Whoa, Uh, that's like a year from now. What? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Ethan, maybe you can explain to me. Like, I was watching some videos of like SpaceX launches and what what they're doing, and the amazing video where it it comes back from space, folds up and lands itself. Yeah, that blew my mind. What? I mean, right. Please tell me about what's going on with that. It was like watching a a sci-fi movie. I couldn't believe it was real. Yeah. So that rocket is the first rocket to have ever been able to take off go out of orbit, and then be able to land itself. I can't even. Yes. it And it lands itself on this little barge in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. On its little legs, it just folded up, and it was like, boop, there it is. And, and he was trying to make something reusable, so space travel is more economic. Was that the idea? Yeah, so he's using the spaceship Falcon 9 mm-hmm. as a reusable rocket. They're currently using it in conjunction with the Crew Dragon 2 to take people to space, to the International Space Station, but they've also been using it and have already done over 21 cargo loads for not only their their company for internet, but other companies can actually buy a space on that spaceship and send their stuff to, to space. Wow. Yeah. That's just incredible. Just incredible. And and now it, Elon, you know, thanks to Elon, um, other countries have really gotten involved too. Um, I, I think everybody remembers just a couple of weeks ago that the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, uh, sent up their Hope probe that arrived and and now orbits Mars. And uh, you know, just to throw out a quick plug, we have a uh, high touch high tech franchise location in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. So. You know, those kids over there now get to not only engage in our hands-on fun science programming that is stimulating their imagination and curiosity, they get to be stimulated with their country's uh, space exploration 
and they too now can reach for the stars. I mean, I mean, it seems like space travel has gone from this kind of fantastic, impossible thing with two nations competing in the Cold War to something that's global, that's democratic, that's more accessible. Um, thanks to people like Elon Musk and the technology that is just more available to everyone in the world. Yeah. And, and Nina, I know you're particularly interested in this, that uh, China has a Tianwen-1 uh, mission, and, and their, um, their probe has entered um, the red planet orbit as well. So um, China's right there with uh, the UAE and the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Tianwen means comet. Um, how the names are so different. Oh, like, wow. Like, perseverance versus, like, comet, like a natural right. phenomena. I like the UAE probe name Hope. Oh, I think that that's is, really yeah, great. that's a good one, too. It that's is. so funny, the names of these things. They, they can it, say a lot. One thing that was very interesting to me about these probes is, so the UAE probe and the China probe, they were orbital, so they actually went around the orbit of Mars before entering onto Mars, but the NASA's Perseverance went directly, skipped orbit, and just went straight to Mars, which is kind of cool. Yes. Wow. Can we talk about how that thing landed on Mars? Can we talk about the seven <laughs> minutes of terror and what all that was? Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. I was I on the edge what? of my seat Me yesterday too. watching that. It's Incredible. So I want to scream talking about it. It's yeah. amazing. Did you see the footage of the admission control? They were all yes. jumping up and screaming and yelling. Mm. It was so much fun watching that. And, and so, what were they? It, it deployed, it entered Mars, and it deployed a huge parachute. Was that it? And then the the shell cracked off, and then like a crane comes out and deposited it on the surface of Mars. Yeah. How what? about that? <laughs> oh, wow. And I think that parachute had to slow the probe down from um, I think twelve thousand miles per hour yeah. to something like. 400 miles per hour um and of course taking on the uh the friction and the heat mm -hmm. and destructive forces mm -hmm. about of going through a planet's atmosphere you know is just killer so uh the fact that that happened is is also amazing my goodness like uh, my specialty aside from science is like ancient history and culture and just thinking about how ancient people would look up at the stars and yeah. think they were dead people or, you know, spirits of ancestors. Or some people thought it was music. You know, they thought it was holes in the sky. And now here we are talking about how they landed a machine on the surface of Mars. Right. Technology has come so far, it just blows my mind. And yeah. I don't know if we said this, but we're, we're recording live from an actual Tesla car. We are inside a Tesla right now, sort of a little piece of this very advanced technology here on Earth that we can all share in. Um, right. Yes. Right. Uh, we thought it would be fun to, uh, to record this podcast inside of a Tesla. So uh, if this had a video component to it, we'd be showing you the interior and the exterior of this vehicle. But this, this, this car is amazing. It's more like a computer on wheels <laughs> than it really is a, is a car, is what I think. Anyway, um, it just we just felt like uh, recording this from a Tesla would just add to the level of, uh, you know, intense coolness associated with Elon Musk and his ability to uh, really drive interest in space travel and space tourism and, and really future discoveries. And it gives us insight more to our sustainable future, which I kind of like. Right, right. 
Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Gas is in the past. Uh-huh. Yeah, what's it like? I mean, Ethan, you were telling me a little bit about, like, how the battery works and what it's like to charge it. Can you can you explain that again? It's just really cool to hear that it is cool. we yeah. have this technology now. It's right here. We're in it. Yeah, it's very impressive. So electric vehicles, you can actually charge them on many different levels. Currently, there's only three levels of charging. There's level one, two, and three, with level three being DC charging, charging it upwards of 250. 50 kilowatts which is crazy it can charge your car in less than an hour way less than an hour and then you're also capable of plugging it up just to a regular outlet at your house what yeah really that doesn't like set your house on fire (laughs) no it actually charges through a 12 volt charger which is crazy it doesn't add the most amount of charge every night but it adds just enough it charges about five miles an hour doing that way so if you're chart, you know, overnight you may get 60, 70 miles. Whoa, y'all talk about the future, man. Once upon a time, these kind of cars seemed like they were in cartoons. Yes. Or the Jetsons or something. <laughs> and now, like, the future is right here. Yep. And yep. Elon actually just announced on his next car, the Roadster, he wants to actually make it hover, which is even getting <laughs> us closer <laughs> to the Jetsons. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty what insane. is that going to be like? My goodness. So if you're in traffic or there's some person in front of you driving too slow, you can click it onto the hover mode yeah. and you can just hover right over I that guess. person. Yeah, it's kind of cool how he's doing it. So he's using the SpaceX cold thrusters, the same ones that are used on the Dragon 2 capsule. Oh, my to goodness. Position it and you know, match up with International Space Station. That car will actually have those on that, which is insane. Absolutely insane. Wow, y'all, the future is here. Yes, the future is here. (laughs) Human ingenuity just knows no limit. Right, right, right. Which, you know, that is a product of how we can utilize the, the, the human brain's capacity for imagination and curiosity. Because that's really what drives all of this innovation, you know, is the need to discover and learn more and you know, figure out, are we alone out there? Are there you know, is there other life forms? And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think uh, President Kennedy had said it, you know, of course, so long ago that, you know, they're going to, we're going to strive to put a man on the moon. And he said, he famously said, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Mm. And that really was our way of saying, look, we're caught up in this cold war with Russia, but Instead of trying to intensify the Cold War with Russia, we're just going to put a man on the moon. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then, of course, Russia winds up putting uh, an animal into orbit and a, and a human being into orbit er, sooner than than the U.S. But, of course, we were the country to put the first man on the moon. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Always another horizon to discover. After Mars, what's going to be next? Are we going to go to Jupiter? Are we going to go to Saturn? Well, I don't know. We can go anywhere. I mean, I, I think we have to work on our uh, on our propellants and our ability to travel these mm-hmm. massive distances, mm-hmm. but not make it intergenerational. Like, uh, you know, like on Star Trek, when they were traveling <laughs> right, through the these Trek. amazing voyages, yes. you know, it would take more than one person's lifetime to arrive at that location. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were there were people that were like born in space on their way on this rocket 
you know, on this spaceship to this planet. That was some of the, you know, some of the um, stories that you could follow on Star Trek, which is really cool and interesting, but ultimately really talks about the future because the future is going to be in space travel. And there are tremendous distances between planets and galaxies. And there's so much out there. We just have to continue to figure out ways of getting there faster and covering more, more distance um, and learn. And I guess rediscovering more of Einstein's theories of relativity and figuring out how we can, travel these great amazing distances with folds in time right, and distance right. <laughs> as uh, as einstein had uh, hypothesized about it but it's really a great thing and i i feel really happy with just humanity that we've been able to engineer and orchestrate a spaceship to get to mars at land nicely on Mars and then ultimately be able to fly back and then land nicely back at Earth. So that's really incredible. Hopefully we can shorten the travel time though. It currently takes approximately six months to get to Mars. So I think that's a little long currently. Ooh, only I thought it was like years. Six no, months. no, six months is nothing, wow. right? That's quick oh, quick yes. and fast. Mars is approximately 128 million miles away. Ah! Wow. It's like impossible to get wow. your mind around and yet we did it yeah we definitely something on it. definitely definitely well earthquake ethan final thoughts give us your final thoughts mission to mars spacex elon musk what you got I, I think it's just very impressive what elon is really doing he one day had a thought about you know what can we do with civilization then he tried to make it happen try to buy this to make it happen he couldn't buy it and so he was like okay i'm gonna make it and now, you know, he's he's already done 21 loads with the same exact rocket, the Falcon 9, that has boosters that land themselves autonomously, which is insane. We don't even have cars yet that completely drive themselves. And I think, you know, in the next couple of years, we'll have more of an insight the closer we get with the Starship rocket to are we actually able to put civilization on Mars? Wow. Well said. Well said. Narwhal Nina final thoughts i just want to give a shout out to all the scientists out there <laughs> all those folks in mission control yesterday like watching their baby land on mars it was a really beautiful moment um for scientists and for science and just um thank all of you for advancing our horizons and shifting our paradigms and um keep science in y'all that's what i gotta say absolutely and i'll yeah. just i'll just uh uh, tag onto that theme. Um, you know, the future future Elon Musk is in a high touch, high tech after school program yeah. right now <laughs> as we speak. Maybe I taught them today. Yeah, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps you did. So uh, I, I feel like it's such an exciting time witnessing these tremendous accomplishments, embracing this incredible technology, and looking forward and looking up to the stars. So. We appreciate everybody listening and tuning in to our podcast today, and uh, we appreciate it, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, everybody. Yay, Bye, science. everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for 
joining us at the High Touch, High Tech Podcast, Tesla Edition. Here at High Touch, High Tech, we love the thrill of discovery, and we want to extend our enthusiastic congratulations and thanks to the Perseverance team and to all scientists everywhere, really. 2020 was a very big year for science, and 2021 is looking bright. Thank you, scientists, for all that you do in your work to build a better future for humanity. Thanks again for joining us. See you next time.